Pace, pace, pace. I am Philip Roundtree, and you are tuned into episode four of Hashtag You Good Man. And so in this this episode, and, and for the next four four episodes, just going to be discussing men in relationships. Men in relationships as, you know, we're talking about intimate relationships with men and women. We're talking about friendships. We're talking about parenting. I'm a dad of a of a of an amazing eight-year-old. But me and my wellness, I hate the word issues because issues make it seem like there's a problem. And I, I don't look at, at me dealing with depression and anxiety as a problem. But I know it's impactful. I know it impacts the way I parent. So for the next four weeks, we're just going to be looking at just various ways that men's mental wellness can impact their relationships. And so if this week we're looking at intimate relationships, we're talking about dating, we're talking about marriages and, and how it can play a part in, in both positive aspects and negative aspects of said relationship. And so I was just sitting back thinking, you know, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about, it was just like, well, Phil, why is this important? Why why is this important? And it's the obvious the answer was clear as day. And it's been clear as day throughout me dating. I'm I'm a single man and um I live with depression and anxiety. And I've had, you know, I've, I've dated people recently who couldn't really they, they didn't they just didn't understand. They didn't understand. And I think that's one of the, the big reasons why I did this episode is because there's just a lack of understanding. There's a lack of understanding in, in general society as it is, but especially in, in relationships. Because let's be honest, how many people want to deal with somebody who who has mood swings, who have uh, depressive symptoms, who have anxiety related symptoms, or if they have you know some type of uh, other disorder, you know, somebody who's schizophrenic, uh, bipolar, that can be, you know, that can be damaging, not only to the person who who's afflicted with said diagnosis or or who hasn't been diagnosed, but also to the person who who cares for them. And so I started looking back at my relationships and, you know, I, I try to look at it as like PD and POD. I just made that up, but like pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis and try to notice the similarities and the differences that have taken place uh, in my life and in in those relationships. And I can say uh, I was finally diagnosed. I was formally diagnosed when I was about 23, but then it was like a confirmation when I was like around 30, you know, when I went back to therapy and it it's, and I looked at it and it was just like, you know, what the relationships during my 20s, which are already hectic because you're, you're really trying to figure out your place in society, especially as a man, especially as a black man. And, you know, trying to deal with uh, a, a significant other, it, it can be it can be a daunting task. And so when I look at my relationships and I, I had one real relationship at that time, um, that was with my child's mother. And it was it was toxic. You know, it was toxic. Listen, that's my best friend. And today, I can honestly say she's my best friend. We have a great co-parenting relationship. We got a dope friendship. You know, we can we can talk about anything. But as far as like an intimate relationship, that's because of the toxicity that took place, you know, during that time, during those those years we were together. Uh, you know, it. 
it 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 didn't make for for a, it wasn't an optimal relationship. And so a lot of that was me. A lot of that was me and and me not understanding and how learn understanding how to cope with with my with my emotions, with my feelings and what was happening. And then two, it was her lack of understanding. And so I will get in at the end of it. I will give in uh, give tips as to how to better work together as a as a couple, as somebody who's dating somebody with a mental wellness. Um, again, I hate saying issue, but for all intents and purposes, we're going to use issue. Just know I hate stigmatizing words. Um, but during that time period, listen, it was a lot of arguing. It was a lot of uh, during that time period, I was suicidal every day. <laughs> and so that's difficult um, in, in trying to date somebody. But yet, you know, five, six times a day, you're suicidal. You're having work related stress because uh, at that time I was a, a, a child welfare em employee. And so that was just stressful in itself. And so in the midst of, of this depression and anxiety that was untreated, where I wasn't taking medication for, I was doing a lot of things to try to to try to deal with it, to try and mask it at the time. So this included um, working out. I was working out twice a day, you know, for multiple hours, you know, because I needed those endorphins that came with having a, a, a good workout. And so it made me feel good. And then it was fleeting, you know, we'll leave after a while and then I will be back in this depressive state at times or feeling like, like high anxiety. Um, also dating multiple people. Now in your twenties, listen, it happens. You know, that's one of the things that you're trying to figure out who you are, your place in society and dating other people plays a part. But for me, it was, uh, it was more than just the, the physical need. I, I needed understanding. I needed understanding. I needed comfort. I needed um, I needed to be desired, which plays a part in my my childhood experiences manifesting itself in my adulthood. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't me being with one person wasn't um, wasn't what I thought I needed. But I wasn't truthful about that. I was I was a liar. You know, I was a liar with regards to that. Still doing me is trying to, to find some type of fulfillment elsewhere. Um, and so that typically that that can happen. That can happen with somebody who who does have a, a diagnosis of depression and anxiety. It's just this, this finding of self-worth and trying to find this value, um, which can take a toll on relationships. Like we we understand what the statistics are with regards to to men, and, and I'm just going to just go over them briefly. We know that one in four people uh, each year could have a, a diagnosable mental health quote unquote disorder. Um, so listen, men are included in that statistic, and what makes it worse is you know majority of men, the likelihood of a man seeking out treatment is unlikely. It's unlikely. And so that's because, listen, there's a we have to to fulfill what society says we are. We have to be strong. We have to be resilient. We have to be tough. There's, you know, not being mentally, quote unquote, strong is looked is looked at as a weakness. It's looked at as a weakness. So we can't go to a doctor. First off, we're not going to go to a doctor to get our prostate checked, you know, to see if we got cancer. So you really think we're going to go see somebody to tell us that, you know what, you're depressed, you're anxious. <laughs> Definitely not. 
Definitely not, because we don't view physical wellness as, as being critical. So you think we're just going to automatically go to and see somebody for psychological reasons? No, definitely not. Um, because we and then we have this again, this bravado, this bravado. Like I can fix it. I can fix it all. I can fix my mind. Like I could fix the. I could change the brakes on my car, or I could put together a cabinet. Or like I can, you know, fix a computer. I can fix myself. And it's just like at times, yeah, you know what? You may have the coping strategies and the mechanisms necessary to quote unquote fix yourself. But there's times where, you know what? You need to go to somebody else for fixing. You know, I could not and get fixing. No, it's nothing wrong with you uh, per se where you need to be fixed. You know, we just need to to maybe adjust and understand what it is that's happening with us. And so, yeah, so we have, you know, with regard to suicide, you know, 78% of all suicides are male. Now, women are more likely to attempt, but the high majority of suicides are male. And why? Because we, we use more lethal means. So 50% of, of all male suicides are by guns. Why? Because it's quick. It's quick and easy. Women are more likely to attempt to overdose, attempt to cut. But for us, it's just straight using a gun, just getting it out the way. Or we may we may hang ourselves. But we try to do things that are quick and pain. I don't even want to say painless because I can imagine me shooting myself. Um, but, you know, this, but it's real. And even outside of the, the most extreme, which is suicide. You know, we have other unhealthy ways to cope, which are, you know, men are more likely to use alcohol to cope and illegal drugs. I know for me personally, there's there's times where even times recently where I've sat and said, you know what? You might need to cut back on your drink. And I just didn't like how that that's not to say that alcohol is an unhealthy uh, coping mechanism. There's a lot of people that come and have a glass of wine or. Um, you know, a shot of whatever, you know, when they come home and night, because that's how they unwind. They don't have an issue. Uh, but for me, because it makes me uncomfortable at times, um, I have to take a step back and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not. I don't like how much I, I've drank in the past three weeks. Even if it might have been only three times, it's still like that thought enters my mind. Why? Because my father was an alcoholic. Alcoholism. My uncle was an alcoholic. My aunt was an alcoholic. So alcoholism, um, you know, runs in the family. So I'm, I'm very cognizant of that. And I know that me drinking can, you know, counteract my my medication that I take daily. So I have to be mindful of that and and how I use that to cope. Um, and then again, as I said, men are more, less likely to use psych services than than women for the aforementioned reasons. Um, but again, and it's, it's for, for, for various reasons, though. It's for various reasons why it can be difficult. And there's so many there's so many factors that impacts uh, a man's mental wellness that in time may impact his relationship. So we're talking about stress at work. We're talking about finances. We're talking about relationships. When I work for the city of Philadelphia as a, as a social worker, I'm taking kids out of their homes. I'm telling people that, you know, we walking on, knocking on their door saying, listen, we got a report that you've abused your child or that somebody sexually abused your child. That's difficult. 
that's difficult to do and that's stressful if you don't have a, a, the appropriate outlet to cope and 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 taking care of your self-care finances men are supposed to be the head of the household they're supposed to pay for every date you don't think that's stressful when we when some of us have to sit back and we have to pay a mortgage we have bills to pay we might have to pay for child care we have to pay for so many things and so yes it's a lot of stress it's a lot of pressure because these expectations that are on us. So when, when I see things like men supposed to pay for dates, it's just like, yeah, but what if I don't have, what if I don't have it? But I still want to pursue you. You know, is that wrong? Is that wrong? Maybe that's just a conversation for another day. Um, but then, and then a the relationship itself. Relationships can be taxing. Listen, we're trying to put mesh two personalities together. Yes, we may have similar traits, similar characteristics, and things that we have in common. But then also we may have, be completely different in certain areas. And so trying to understand that um, can be difficult. It can cause arguments. It can cause uh, flare-ups of, of symptoms related to a mental health diagnosis. And so, yeah, it, it, it can be difficult. And again, for me, it was difficult. My most recent relationship was very, was very toxic. <laughs> Bruh, I put the emphasis on toxic. Very toxic, not good for my well-being at all. And this is post-diagnosis. And again, it's not to say that that people are bad people or anything like that. I don't, I don't get into that. But just everything isn't for everybody. And in order to, I talk a lot about on social media about protecting your quad, protecting your wellness quad, your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness. And that has to be protected in the relationship and either in order for you to thrive in life. And so in that situation, listen, it was a lot of, you know, outside of the negative self-talk that I already do myself, but it was just like, yo, I, you know, I knew, I knew my triggers. I knew my triggers. And that's one of the things that I talk about in, in the tips. And I was able to communicate them and they weren't adhered to. And so if somebody isn't adhering to your, your triggers, you can't just sit there and say, oh, okay, you just can't. And it's difficult because, you know, when you when you grow to spend time with somebody and you grow to care about somebody and after uh, after a year, it's yeah, you know, things start to come out where, you know, listen, this isn't good for me. And you start to recognize that, then you have to do what's best for you. And you got to you got to say, F your feelings. Honest, keep it a bean. Keep it. Keep it a bean. Listen, keep it real. F their feelings. This is about you. This is about your life and, and you wanting to pr protect your quad and you want to you don't want to be unhealthy. You want to you don't want to live unhealthy. You don't want to willingly just accept stress. You don't want to. And this goes again. This isn't just relationships. This is about work. I've left jobs. Peace out. When I worked at DHS, peace out. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to willingly accept stress. I don't care what the money says. I'm out of here. I will make a way because if I don't have my sanity, I'm not going to be good to anybody, especially in the work that I do and the outreach that I'm trying to offer people. Like I need my sanity. I need my sanity more than anything else. And yes, being alone, <laughs> being alone can suck at times. Being single can suck at times. The dating game is whack. The dating game is whack, especially when you want stuff like Plenty of Fish. And feel free to go back to to no booking info and, and listen to the Plenty of Fish episode. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it can be whack. But ultimately, 
it's what's necessary if you're going to protect your wellness. And again, a relationship is supposed to be about growth. And so you're supposed to be enhancing another person. And if the person isn't isn't working to help you enhance and be a better you, then now you got to piece out the situation. You got to piece out the situation. And so what I did yesterday was, um, and you don't know about what yesterday was because I haven't. I haven't released this yet. So yesterday could be Friday. Yesterday could be Tuesday. Um, but what I did was I put up a I put up a post on both social, on Instagram and, and Facebook. Just talking about have you ever had an intimate relationship with a man who had a mental health diagnosis or symptoms of a diagnosis? And what was your experience? And, you know, we had a few people. We had a few people chime in. And the response was. It was it was interesting. You know, some people chose to to go in depth, you know, about, you know, about what it was like. You know, one person said, you know, listen, it's hell. It's hell. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, what's hell? You know, what what is hell like for you? And it was just like, you know, dealing with the ups and downs, um, the the insecurities. Um, and, and just trying to work through everything that's happening, everything that's that's transpiring. And so, yes, it most definitely can can take a toll. It can take a toll. Uh, some people talked about again. Listen, I had the role. I had the role. Yes, yes, they had they had some traits of schizophrenia. And they were formally diagnosed with such, and so I had to leave because they weren't doing what it was necessary to. Um, to work on their wellness, which can be critical, which can be critical. If the person is not willing to work on it, then it can be difficult to stay. And so we know what you know, statistics show that it usually takes 10 years for somebody, for somebody to seek out formal mental health uh, services. And so that sounds about right. For me, when I when I first started recognizing it, I was like, what, 27, 27, excuse me. I was about 17. And it took, even though I had my little stint when I was like 23 and I had a little bit of awareness, it wasn't really until I got to like, like 29, 30, where I sought out a therapist. I sought out taking medication to help me cope because I realized like, you know what, it's, I needed more. I needed more. Now, it's not to say that everybody has uh, a diagnosis, a formal diagnosis. No, but at times, everybody's going to be depressed at times. Everybody's going to have their, their times where they don't feel up to par. And it's critical um, in, in recognizing that and understanding how to help with somebody to, to deal with. You know, I had somebody who commented that they did date somebody who had anxiety and depression like myself. And but they had a knowledge base. They had a knowledge base um, and a level of sensitivity to help. Which, again, is critical. And when I go over tips, you'll you'll hear those things mentioned again. I know the person, one of the people that I know, they commented on the post and I deleted it immediately. I deleted it immediately because, you know, what? It's, this is a, a chapter that that I have closed, that I have closed. No ill will. But I, listen, I, I don't, I'm, you've told me time and time again, you know, about my inadequacies uh, as far as my mental health. So, you know, what? I don't I don't need to hear that anymore. Because it's not productive. And so if you're in a relationship and it's not productive, then you got to ask yourself, why am I here? Why am I here? And that's on both sides. 
whether you have a diagnosis or don't have a diagnosis or you're the person dealing with said person. If you can't say why you're here, then you got to roll. Like, I never understood when people say, you know what, love is not enough. Until I realized that love is not enough. When we're talking about a union, when we're talking about a relationship, there's so many other factors that, that, that come in, that come into the situation where, yo, yeah, I love you, but that's not enough to, to, to help us grow together. I put up a post yesterday about, and you don't know what yesterday was, but I put up a post about, you know, shaming people who, who have uh, low credit scores, who have low credit scores. And, want, and, you know, people was like, yeah, man, that's crazy. You know, that's crazy to do that. You know, it's something you can work though. But I'm like, listen, if I'm a, if I'm a sister or if I'm a brother, you know, I'm trying to date somebody and I got a 750 and you walking around with a 512. And my goal is to own properties. My goal is to to build financially. It's not to say I can't do it with this person, but it's just going to be a lot more difficult. And that may be a, a determining factor. I say, you know what? Yeah, no, nah, it's not going to work because I have goals. I want to own 100 properties. And so it might take you another 10 years to get your credit to the point where we could own two. You could own one. And so I listen, I get it. Again, it's about being productive, about knowing what it is that you want. Um, but in the process, we don't have to shame people and make people feel bad about what it is that they're lacking in your eyes. We can do without that. And so and, and just with that said, because I, I do want to get ready to wrap this up, I, I do want to offer some tips, you know, and especially tips for women in dealing with a man who who has mental wellness issues. And so the tip number one is to, to listen. Listen to what's being said and what's not being said. Listen, I don't, if, if I'm upset, if I'm frustrated, if I'm sad, if I'm mad, and I'm trying to communicate this to you the best way that I can at the moment, the worst thing that can be done is to meet fire with fire. Because that's just not, that's not going to work. Listening, active listening, Understand what's being said. If I'm snapping because um, about how I'm feeling, um, about feeling down, if I'm snapping about work, you know, granted, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put this on you, but I need you to hear what I'm not saying. Like, listen, you know what? You know, this job is stressful for him. Um, he's under a tremendous stress just in general. He's upset. He's frustrated. Let me try to understand why. And it goes into the next point. Don't be presumptive, pushy and blaming. Like, and this, again, a lot of these tips are, are things even without a mental health diagnosis or lack thereof, where they're just experiencing symptoms. These are just things just in a relationship. To make it be as healthy as possible, you don't want to, again, you don't want to be presumptive, pushy and blaming. Because what that can do is, and I've experienced it, it causes you to shut down. It causes them to shut down. If I feel I can't talk to you about what's happening, now granted, and my approach might not be the best, but that's something that can be learned. We can, we can work through that behavior. But once I, and I know me personally, once I'm, once I'm out, I'm out. I'm a Scorpio. You know, once I can't trust you with my feelings, because I'm very verbally expressive. 
very verbally expressive. But once I get to the point where I can't talk to you, that's a wrap. We might as well put the, the Oscar music on. Because I've already checked out. And that ties into the next one. Ask questions. Ask questions. How are you feeling? What's happening with you? Is there anything I can do to help? Asking these questions can be so critical. They can be so critical. It's, again, in dating somebody, now I don't want to paint the person that I last dated as to be this awful person. Uh, but you know what? She did do her research. She did. She was able to talk to me about, you know, my depression, my anxiety, the medications that I was taking. Because she just wanted to be as supportive as possible. But again, when you're dealing with somebody else that has their own issues, two people with, with issues, it, it could cause calamity. That's my SAT word for the day, calamity. I didn't dispel it to yourself. I know somebody just did a calamity. <laughs> Um, but asking questions is important. And then this goes to the point, research the diagnosis and or symptoms. Listen, if, if, if you see them, you know, for depression, if you see them not getting out of bed for four or five days, if you see them angry, if you see them rageful, these are signs of depression. But what it takes is it takes research. It takes learning and understanding what it is that you're what you're seeing. This is another one that's critical. Learn triggers. Learn the person's trigger. What upsets them? It might seem like nothing to you. Like, damn, why are you getting upset about, about, about something like that? Or why are you letting that affect you? That's the, I hate that question. Why are you letting that affect me? Because I'm grown. I got feelings. I have emotions. Hey, when people say social media is just that, ignore social media. No, social media is real freaking life. It's real life because we're living in life, right? Anything in life can affect you, either positively or negatively. I don't know. I don't look at some things as just being there. That's me personally. I think everything in life either affects you in a positive, healthy way or in an unhealthy way. And it can be both. Social media can be both, in my opinion, but it's real. It invokes an emotion. I know how I feel when I get the little heart, like, man, yeah, I got one there. You see, a hundred likes, man, listen, that's a party. We might be celebrating. So definitely learn triggers. Encourage self-care. Encourage this person to do something that they, that they enjoy, that helps them calm, de-escalate. And practice it together. You know, you want to do things together as a couple. That's how you strengthen the bond. So maybe, you know what? Movie week. Every day we want to have a movie week. It ain't got to be nothing expensive. We could sit. We could go on Cody. You know, shout out to the fire stick. You could have Cody and chill. You could have Netflix and chill. You could go to the movies. You could go to dinner. You could go for a walk every day. Hey, listen, we're going to go for a 20-minute walk uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. That's our thing. That's helping self-care to give them something to look forward to and a way to bond just to show that you care. A lot of this is simple. It's just really showing that you care at the, when we break it down. Learn treatment options. You don't want to be overly pushy. You go to therapy, go to therapy. You need therapy. You need therapy. Because, again, you might view therapy in a negative light. 
So learn treatment options, learn strategies that it might not be going to a person. It might just be learning ways, you know, control breathing, inhale, exhale, guided imagery. Hey, listen, just we're going to work on guided imagery. We're going to learn about a lot of I mean, you can Google a lot of coping strategies. Google is amazing. Your guided images, listen, baby, we're going to close our eyes. Let's put some music on. We're going to think about the beach. We're going to think about, I'm, I'm anti-beach, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, for me, it might be, think about the gym. Think about sitting outside with a cigar and just relaxing. Think about the smoke coming out, filling the air. These things are soothing and relaxing. It can help calm symptoms related to a diagnosis. And lastly, Listen, individual and couples therapy. Be willing to go. You know, don't just say, oh, yeah, you're the one with the issue. You need to go. Because my thing is, listen, if you're if you're wanting to deal with me and, and, and communication might not be the best, maybe you need to learn how to talk to me. Maybe we need to learn how to talk to each other. So, yeah, you may need to go on your own. Listen, because it's, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. I've been cursed out. I've been stabbed. <laughs> That's a story for another day. But listen, that happens. You know, because somebody didn't know how to cope with what was happening. And so, yeah, listen, it's it's upsetting and it's frustrating and it's hard. Relationships are hard in itself because it's a matter of giving up self, a part of self, for the greater good of the union. So going to individual therapy to release your stress or going to couple therapy to understand how to better communicate with one another, to try to understand and empathize with the other person, can be beneficial. And ultimately, you have to view it as worth it. You have to view it as worth it. And if you don't, then listen, that might not be the situation for you. And you know what? That's okay. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to, to episode four of Hashtag You Good Man. Hopefully you got some, you, you were able to get some insight. It seems like it's geared toward women, but hopefully, you know, men, listen, hopefully you recognize what needs to take place. It's okay. It's all right. You don't got to be the strongest man. Whatever that means. It's not a weakness to, to be vulnerable. There's strength in vulnerability. And so feel free. Listen, if, if you need some insight, people will hit me up all the time. You know, hit me up on my inbox, my DM on, on Instagram at P-H-I-L underscore quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Philip2Ls MSW. Hit me up on Twitter, Phil underscore quadify. Hit me, listen, we could communicate about this. If you're if you're a woman and you need some guidance, I listen, I've I've had women to hit me up. I had one with me up, you know, about a year and some change ago. Like, listen, this is what's happening, what he's experiencing. Now they've been together two years. He sought out therapy. And it was just like, yeah, well, that's dope. That's dope. Y'all work together for the for the greater good. You know how to respond when he's having an an episode. It's about learning, man. It's about progression. So, again, feel free to hit me up, Phil underscore Quadify on Instagram, Phil MSW on Facebook, and Phil underscore Quadify on Twitter. Like, comment, share. You appreciate it. Peace.